1: You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing
0: today, sir? Doing well. Uh, ready to kind of talk about this free agent landscape that everyone is freaked out that we haven't jumped into yet, even though it hasn't started. We haven't signed anybody yet. That is incredible. We haven't signed anybody yet. It hasn't is, has it, it hasn't yet. even started. The, the legal tampering <laughs> has not even started yet, and the Cowboys' 2019 season is ruined. Uh, I, I just released an article on Bleacher Report uh,
1: this morning. The the five teams that are destined to, to disappoint in 2019. Dallas Cowboys, number one. Free wow, agency class, wow, not very good. Wow! <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. I did post that article, but that's the free agent class. wasn't why. Um, all right, so coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at Maybe a few under the radar names in free agency. Free agency, I think begins. I think the legal tampering period starts. I think is next
0: Tuesday. No, I it's think Monday. It it's Monday, isn't oh, it? Was is it Monday? I think it starts this Monday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, on Monday, we'll get an idea of maybe some of the the players the Cowboys could be interested. Uh, and just a little side note, I, I used to love free agency when we could find Jerry Jones's uh, airplane and you could track where his airplane was going. That was the fun, the fun old days of free agency, like in the early 2000s. Mm. Anyways uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about a couple uh, maybe cheap viable options that Cowboys could be interested in free agency on uh, the first one I want to talk about is John Brown uh, a receiver from the Arizona Cardinals uh, and most recently the Baltimore Ravens Lena, why do you think John Brown might be a good fit in this offense
0: well he's versatile he's got good speed I mean he can get down the field uh, and get behind defenses uh, pretty well he's very smooth um, uh, you know he's Reliable, I think, you know, most of his issues in this, you know, so far, he's, you know, really a uh, a breakout-type candidate, you know, most mm-hmm, of the time. Absolutely. I think most of his issues seem to be injury-related, you know, and seem to be, uh, uh, you know, related specifically to his health problems with, you know, playing. And he's got – you know, uh, ongoing health issues, and then he's—I think he's had issues with, uh, with injuries as well. Well, he's had, he has sickle cell. He has sickle what, cell. That's what—that's what I was trying to reach for. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but so it, and I, that believe, limits I believe his, it.
1: Are, yeah, I was going to say it limits him being able to return from certain injuries. He had a quad injury, I think it was in 2016, yeah. and he also and it just it, kind.
0: Of, it also affects his ability to play at altitude, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So go
1: ahead. That's good point by you. Yeah.
0: So I, I think that that's these are things to kind of just weigh in with his, you know, general thought process of higher of, of of signing him is that what exactly is the level of uh, of injury situations that you're going to have to deal with just built into uh, who this guy is. So th- those are the kind of Pros and cons with dealing with John Brown, and uh, you know he's been—I think as you'll point out—he's been productive despite a, a rash of, of terrible quarterbacks that he's played with. Right
1: over the last two seasons alone, he's caught passes. Actually, he's caught a touchdown from Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, Carson Palmer, Joe Flacco, and Lamar Jackson. Now, uh, I like Lamar, and I liked Flacco at one point in time, but it's pretty. Pretty easy to say those are bottom what five quarterbacks in the league at least in terms of passing. He hasn't played with a good quarterback, and when he did, you know, in twenty fifteen when Carson Palmer was at least competent, uh, he had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. So I think I still think you can get a lot out of John Brown. He's not going to be super expensive. He's going to turn twenty nine here in April. Could he be a guy that's a very reliable number three receiver that can play in the slot, play outside? I think so at least.
0: Yeah, like I said, his versatility to me, you know, a guy that could play inside, outside, and and probably play effectively, equally effectively on both spots, is is really, I think, one of the major parts of his appeal.
1: Now, this is always kind of difficult to guess, but what type of price range, like per year, would you think would be fair for John Brown? Like five to seven million per year? Does that make sense?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Like I agree cuz the market for wide receivers veteran wide receivers is always difficult. But yeah, I would say that that seems fair to me.
1: And, and that would be something you'd be willing to pay for John Brown, you right? Cuz I mean, again, he can be more than just a, a a deep threat or just a slot receiver. I would think that added versatility would be would be well worth uh, you know, a 6 or 7 million dollar a year contract. Um go ahead. No, I I was just say I agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another guy that I know has interest in signing with the Cowboys, uh, and I'm not sure how much interest the Cowboys have, but uh, that is tight end Tyler Eifert. Um, even after the Cowboys went out and signed Jason Witten and brought him back from retirement, uh, there's still interest from Eifert's side to, to join the Cowboys roster. If, would would you be interested in bringing in Eifert despite you know having Witten and Schultz and Jarwin on the roster?
0: I would, uh, you know, I I talked to uh, John about this on the Best Coast Boys podcast uh, that despite the fact that the Cowboys signed Witten, I mean, you're, you're, it's coming out now that it's not, it's not even a three point five million dollar deal that could balloon to five. It's a two million dollar deal that has three. It's million, funny how
1: those things were it's, it's crazy, work,
0: right? right? And have, have, it's it almost like he sh- maybe shouldn't totally freak out about it until we get all the. Uh, you know stats about it, but it's, now that's what makes Twitter fun, though, right? right? We we like to freak out. That and what makes Twitter fun. Not, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, at least. yeah, for you, uh yeah. It's a two million dollar deal, and from what I understand, it's got three million and not not likely to be earned. uh You know, uh what do you call it? Uh, incentives. Earned so, incentives. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think if if we're looking at it through that lens. The Cowboys played with four quarterbacks. They carried four quarterbacks at one point. I, tight, ends. Uh, tight ends. What? Uh, yeah, tight ends, not tight, quarterbacks. Uh, tight ends. Oh, sorry. Yes, tight ends. Uh, well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe one of them could play quarterback too. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I, I I think that. I, I'm not out on Tyler Eifert. I mean, I, I think that there are still benefits to taking a swing at a guy like that because of his upside when he's healthy. And, and again, like if he gets injured, you got three other tight ends there ready to play. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Witten's role, it, it all hinges on if Witten's role is what, he, uh, what they're saying it is. And I just, I tend to believe that it is because I don't really know the, the motivation of the reason as why they would lie about that. You know, it's like, right. why not just say nothing if, if if that's the case, or just not talk about what his specific role is? It, they went out of their way to mention that he's going to be t- playing kind of a, a a lowered snap count role with a heavier emphasis on teaching and coaching, with the idea that he's going to become a coach someday. So, if that's the case, I, I got no problem with giving another five, six million to Tyler Eifert. You know, because I don't think you're you're not going to need him to pay him that
1: much. Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati I mean, Cincinnati paid him one year, two and a half million last season, and then he got hurt
0: again. So, I, I wouldn't think you need to pay him anything more than do that it. at the yeah. very least, then right? I, I'm good for that. Like, I mean, I I think if he's got upside there, then let's give him let's give him let's get him on the team and let's see what happens. I I I, I there's there's a certain thing as progress stoppers, and I think that that's legit. But I also think that there's something to the idea that this guy can provide something that probably the other tight ends may not be able to provide when he's healthy. Well, let's talk about his upside, because I think that's kind of the thing we need
1: to weigh here, right? If he's only going to be on the field for eight games a season, how good of his player does he need to be to to warrant a roster spot? When Ivert's healthy, I think you can make a case he's one of the top, what, seven tight ends at worst, right? Because he's such a dynamic receiver who can get down the middle of the field, who can make plays after the catch, and can make plays in the red zone. It's tough to find a guy that can can do all that in the in the passing game and be a contributor in a blocking game, so if you sign him to a two and a half million dollar deal and he only gives you eight to ten games, I'm okay with that, especially with the depth that you have at tight end
0: yeah, I mean again, like the cowboys seem to be especially now uniquely uh situated to handle this kind of thing, this kind of risk i mean the the idea being that they have three tight end two quality you know. Tight ends at this point, right? Um, I think you know you can handle if you got a guy who can come in and be a top of the guy, top of the of the room type player. Uh, you know, and then and the downside is that he may miss times with injury. You know, I think the Cowboys can take on that risk, and then you know I think the Cowboys can also bet on themselves that hey. I think we've got a med- better medical staff than Cincinnati does. So uh and, and also well, it couldn't be worse. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and also Eifert, you know, his interests have been kinda of fluky. You know, they haven't all been oh, like ch- he got chained lower body, body injuries. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's uh, so I yeah. Yeah. I think it's we, I think it's we, worth we've the seen, risk. we we've
1: seen the Cowboys. Take this kind of risk before, you know, and they're okay with a part-time player as long as you're performing well when you're playing. Just look at number fifty, the li- the linebacker that they have. Yeah. They don't care as long as you can give pr- elite production when you're on the field. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some defensive guys. Uh, I, I want to start with uh, a defensive tackle. We know the Cowboys are going to be interested in looking for three techniques. Um, If you look at the free agent market, there's not a lot of those kind of guys out there. So what you need to find is maybe some athletic one techniques that can give you some snaps inside to to just beef up your rotation. One player that we know they like a lot and they almost signed last year is Terrell McClain. Would you be interested in exploring that again this offseason?
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, I think that I I liked him. I I didn't, I I will be honest, I, I haven't watched a ton of him from Atlanta but i did see that he he made a couple different plays and and i feel like it, he is probably the same player he was when he left and i really wanted him last year uh so i think if you're willing to give him a deal appropriate to you know whether you know, he's another guy you got to worry about with health that sort of thing so uh i think uh this is a guy that uh, you know makes a lot of sense because of the fit because he knows what's going on he was a, as a a good fit in the locker room clearly all, all, all those reasons, I, I think uh, this is a guy who could step in and give you some good snaps uh, as a one technique, as a pass rusher, uh, and kick in at thir- three technique if you need. And again, the transition will be very smooth because he knows his way around. He knows every a lot most of the people in this locker room. Uh, so I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys. that's probably always going to miss a couple of games a se- uh, you know a year. Just one season of playing all sixteen games, but in the last three seasons, he's played forty games. So you're looking at what less than three missed starts every year. I would love McLean. You pair him with Antoine Woods. Uh, that's a pretty solid one technique combo, don't wouldn't you think? You know, you have Woods who is a little bit a little bit of the bigger. Uh, you know, traditional one technique, and McLean gives you a little bit more of the the quick-twitch quick athleticism uh, inside. So I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: I do too. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to, uh, you know, add up uh, to, to a, a good situation that at least one technique, if you combine him and Woods' skill sets with, you know, some of the other guys down roster, I think that kind of may cinch things up a little bit at that spot unless you're really are planning on going to get someone, you know, with – uh, uh, big-time skills at the position, which I don't know that they are. So I think at this point, that should sure up the position. It frees you up to go kind of draft freely what you want uh, in, in well, the draft.
1: Uh, well, even before we get to the draft, let's say the Cowboys do sign somebody like Terrell McLean. If you have Woods and McLean as your one technique, Malik Collins as your starter at the three technique, and then you know, maybe Tyrone Crawford playing a few snaps there, maybe with, Dayton with Jones, McLain
0: as well. Yeah, I think. Right. I th- so it, I think I, that I, gives I think you, you a good by. spot to get by. Yeah, but I, I think that feels like a level of at the defensive tackle that sets the the table for the draft to me. Right, and that's that
1: seems like what they like to do going into the draft is they they want to make it so if they don't come out of this draft with a defensive tackle they'll be okay th-
0: yeah.
1: they'll be okay yeah. i think it's very likely the cowboys end up doing something like that uh, in the offseason all right the last thing i you know player i want to talk about is a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast earl thomas where do you stand with earl thomas with just a couple days left until free agency begins
0: uh, you know right now it's a it's a lot of conjecture i mean everyone's kind of wa- you know washing their hands of the earl thomas talk uh, because of the numbers that he's talking about, but I mean, look at the supply of free safeties in the market right now. That's not going to drive mm-hmm. his price up. It's it's going to drive it down because all these guys. Well, why would I get Earl Thomas to twelve million a year when I can get Eric Weddle at eight million a year, or nine million a year, whatever? You know, why can I? Why would I get Eric Weddle if I get you know nine million a year when I can get Adrian Amos to? You know, seven, eight million dollars a year. Be oh, that, I can get Trey Boston you know, at one, $1 million. Trey, a year. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that Trey Boston, who you know was a very solid free safety uh, in, in, an, in an era where there's not a lot of those guys, he got nothing last year. Nope. And the and he was on a market that was full for sure, as full as we've seen in a while. But, I mean really pales in comparison to this market. I mean, this market is nuts for safeties right now. Uh for the Cowboys this it could not be a better situation. I mean, and let's say maybe there was also a huge uh class of really good safeties in the draft, which it doesn't really seem like there is. It seems like it's pretty average at the safety position, but outside of that, this is a historically good market if you're a buyer. For safeties in free agency, so uh, the Cowboys are in a good spot to kind of let the market deal with uh, with what Earl Thomas's initial number may be, uh, and then circle back with them and say, "Hey, you know, uh, look, uh, the market isn't what you thought it was. Maybe you could take this deal that still, uh, you know, makes you a high, the highest or one of the higher paid safeties in the league." Uh, and come come home and play where you wanted to play anyways, So in the same state where you've already made your home. So that sort of thing.
1: Right. Uh, you mentioned a lot of really good names at safety there. Didn't even mention Lane and Collins. No. Who, I mean, the, giants, the Giants let walk. Didn't want to franchise him. Uh, Tyron Matthew got one year, $6 million, last offseason from the Texans. They had a player option or a team option worth $7 million. They climbed it. So Tyron Matthews is going to be on the, the open market, and he's started every game over the last two seasons. Four interceptions, four sacks, 136 tackles. Uh, I mean, it, it, as long as you're willing to be patient and you're willing to, to wait until maybe the end of March or even you know after April 1, you know, and that might be the best way to do it because then it doesn't impact your comp formula, you can get a starting level safety for pretty cheap. Uh, Earl Thomas is obviously the best of those players, but I still feel like... If if I had to pick any one team to sign Earl this offseason, it's got to be the Cowboys, right?
0: Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, uh, it's it, you know have you've heard other names bantied about, and you know I, I kind of more felt like all of that was uh, a case of uh, agents you know trying to drum up interest and, and trying to you know make the the price go up, but yeah, I think a lot of teams have the cap for them. But it just feels like more and more that there's been a conscious effort by the league, by, by the coaches inside the league, to move away from a lot of these Cover 3, uh, Cover 1 schemes to more Cover 2, Cover 4, because the finding these guys and paying these free safeties is not something that the league wants to do anymore, apparently. For whatever
1: reason, it, it's strange. Is it because... Teams are playing more cover two, and you don't necessarily need uh, a topper free safety yeah. or something like that. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I think in the era where cover two and cover four exist more and more, you know, like, I mean, do you, those need, just do you need those safeties anymore? Like, that's not, that's not. You're not required to have the same level of athlete to split the field, and as opposed to be covering one third of the field, the middle of the field where everything is happening, and then also having run responsibilities. I think right. you know that level of athlete is unicornish, and it, the price for that athlete had gotten astronomical. And I think you know again, is it the GMs of the league manipulating the market through coverage uh, adjustments? Probably. Maybe. And I, I don't know that there's anything yeah. necessarily wrong with that because, I mean, that's they created the demand in the first place by, by using those coverages, right, by using cover three and cover th- one. But I just think that there's been a conscious effort to try to move away from that because they don't feel like it's necessarily the best allocation of, of, of funds for team building.
1: All right, last thing before we go. Uh, free agency technically opens up next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that would be March 13th. When, I want you to predict, when do you think the Cowboys will sign their first free agent? What would you say,
0: March 1st? What what'd you say, what uh, day? Sorry, March...
1: M- March 13th, next 13th. Wednesday, is when free agency
0: officially opens. When will they sign their first free agent? Like the 15th, 16th. I, I honestly think that they may be bigger players in this than they have been before. You know, it just feels like they may be interested in kind of, uh, you know, be I, being more interested in kind of being players early.
1: I would like to think that, but I think with Steven Jones running things a little bit more, they they've tended to be a little more frugal. But then again, they almost made a splash on the opening day of free agency last year. They tried to sign Sammy Watkins when, you know, the minute free agency opened, didn't work out for him. So... Wouldn't be surprised if they made a move right on Wednesday or early Thursday, but uh, probably expect something by the weekend. I, I would I would assume. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at mccoolbcb. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.